Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter. And then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Hello, welcome to episode 72 of Podcast Rewind. I'm Amy Randolph, one of your hosts, sitting with Erica Jarvis. Hey, Amy. Hello. How are things? Okay. We've talked about this a couple times this week. Mm-hmm. Is this the weirdest week you've had in a while, like a long time? Oh, girl. This, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. We're a day late because work is weird this week. Always. Today got no better. No. Yes, it's weird. The weather is weird. Yes. The atmosphere is weird. Because we're on the cusp. I mean, we just entered summer a few days ago yeah. officially. So we're in that weird, like, changeover cusp. I don't know if I can blame it on the universe. That's what I'm basically sure. trying to do. I mean, for me, it started out, and I know I shared this with you, on Monday when I had, like, a Twilight Zone experience mm-hmm. trying to leave the parking lot at Hollywood Studios. <laughs> and it took, like... 45 minutes because all of the roads here in Orlando are completely changed. Yeah, Every day is a new traffic pattern. Yeah. Whether you're on property, you're driving through downtown, all of a sudden an exit you used to know is five exits back, so you missed your exit. I kept looping the parking lot at Hollywood Studios while the true Tower of Terror, like the Twilight <laughs> Zone Tower of Terror, loomed and taunted me and literally out loud in my car being like, please, let me out. I have to go to work. It was so bad. It's, yeah, it just... Things are just like pseudo real world. Yes. Are we in an alternate universe? Slip. Are we in the Tommy Westfall universe? Ooh. Like it just does. Doesn't it feel like is everything it is curved a little bit differently? Now, than- would you say Tommy Westfall, or would you go oh. back to Mandela and we slid universes? Well, that's what th- I meant. The Mandela effect universe. Yeah, but, but yeah, let's be in TV. Also, it's episode seventy-two, and things are blending together from 100%. what we've talked about. Hundred percent. And when you talk about weather, like. It poured for weeks, guys. Welcome to the weather segment of the Podcast weather Rewind. Podcast Rewind. Weather Report. Um, it's been so hazy and weird here lately and, like, not raining. And then I see a weather report that's like, that's not a normal haze out your window. That's dust from the Sahara Desert making its way over to Central Florida. Yeah, so Africa came over. Africa. And that's weird. Yeah. Hashtag weird. Hashtag so weird. I'm like, I've always wanted to go to Africa. I did not want Africa to come to me. It's in your lungs. It's literally, I'm breathing African air. It's so crazy. I but I can't. I can't. My mind is. I, I yeah, can't. that's what I mean. Like this whole weird. 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 Thank you. You're welcome. I do just need to maybe listen to some Rihanna and reset my life. Maybe you do. It's, or. Or a little T-Swift. That always puts you right. It always does put me right. Um, I'm big into Lizzo lately. Her new song, Juice, is how I wake up in the morning. Because for a while, I was letting Dolly Parton 9 to 5 wake me up. Because I thought maybe that would be a good motivator. Like, working 9 to 5, what a way to make a living. I, I'm <laughs> honest to God judging you. That is so lame. 
I'm, I'm sorry to call you out like this to our dozens of listeners, but that is the lamest thing I've ever heard you say. Which is tough. I've said a lot of really lame things yeah, in my time. Just going straight to the top of the pile. Does that not normal? Like, I say dumb shit all the time, but that, I mean, I mean, the lyrics are like alarm starts ringing, like coffee's brewing, like. I thought maybe it would just get me excited to, like, bounce out of bed. Fun fact, I've never seen the movie 9 to 5. Me neither. Also, how did that work for you? Okay, Google. Stop. It's really what would happen after a couple of bars. And then I'd lay in bed and... See, you knew you were going to do that. Guys, I'm so sorry. To catch my breath. Google gave me the... Um, she, I won't use her name anymore, mm-hmm. gave me the definition of the word Stop. Ron, stop. Uh, I had to throw a Jersey Shore reference in. Yeah, you did. Amy, how's your week been? Crazy? Yeah. I uh, Yeah. It has been... It's a pseudo week. Yeah. Just not the week I thought it would be. I, yeah. Like, literally feels like a different universe. Not literally. I'm using that figuratively. Yeah, of course. Well, do you want to do one of our favorite things and maybe wash away mm-hmm. the last three days? I do. All right. It's time for... Yay! Drink of the week. Miss Randolph, please share with everybody, what are you imbibing? I'm having, you know, one of my favorite wines, I talk about it on the show all the time, is a cupcake Pinot Grigio. Yeah. I'm having the rosé version. Nice. It's very pretty. The cupcake winery. Yeah, it is a really pretty color. Not sure it's actually my favorite rosé, but um, it's doing the job. Awesome. What are you having? Um, I gave up drinking last week, and mm-hmm. I've been peppering it back in in my life. So tonight is probably one of the worst self like spritzers I've ever made. That's a lot of sparkling water with like a splish splash of a rosé. So yeah, down the hatch. Right. Cheers. Cheers to you. Okay, so we've got the drinking out of the way. Should we? Should we? Yes, we should. And I'd be like, why are you so obsessed with me? Talk about obsessions. Yes. All right. Can I go first? Please. So I have a new obsession. Okay. And a simultaneous hatred for a product. What? I tried a new product and I fucking love it, but it fucked me over so hard. Oh my God. So I normally don't like, you know, these flavored sodas or flavored beers that come out or whatever it is. But you know what I do like is when I go to like the movie theater Uh and you can... They have those make-your-own soda machines now with the touchscreen, yes. and you can kind the of Coke mix. machines, yeah. Yeah, the Coke machines that you can totally. kind of mix flavors. I sometimes like to put a little orange Coke Zero in my regular Coke Zero. Uh-huh. Well, guess what? What? That Coca-Cola company that's giving me no sponsorship dollars right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Hashtag not an ad. Came out with vanilla orange Coke mm-hmm. and, and Coke Zero, because I'm a Coke Zero sugar girl. Yes. And I was like, I probably will hate it, but let me try it. Because it's creamsicle flavor, right? Yeah, I love creamsicles when I was a kid, though. And I have to tell you, I fucking love orange vanilla Coke Zero Sugar. That's amazing. It's delicious. I crave it. Do you really? I do. And I I keep a 12-pack at work. And I also had, like, regular Coke Zero because I was afraid I wouldn't like it. Sure. And I'm, like, sailing through the orange vanilla Coke Zero. Like, huge, huge fan. So much of a fan that when I stopped off at Target for a few things the other night, I got another 12-pack because okay. I'm almost out at work. Yeah. And they were 40% off on the Cartwheel app, nice. by the way. So I get this other 12-pack, put it in my car with the rest of the groceries, and I did that thing of, like, 
why would I lug this into the house? I'll just leave it in the car overnight and take it to the office in the morning. So left the Coke Zero in the car overnight, go to work in the morning. What did I forget in the back seat? My Coke Zero. You know how fucking hot it is in Central Florida this time of the year? It's literally, Amy, the Sahara Desert. Literally (laughs) Africa hot. (laughs) So I had forgotten it in my hot car all day long. An entire 12-pack of Coke. Oh, shit. And then I was driving home from work last night, and I hear, pop, pop, pop. <laughs> and then something smacked me in the back of the head. <laughs> and I thought I was being shot at. <laughs> but no, the rattling of my car, these extended, bloated Coke cans started exploding oh. in the back seat and shooting Coke <laughs> all over the inside of my Ford Escape, hitting me, hitting my work stuff, hitting the steering wheel, oh. the ceiling, the sunroof is fucked up. It's all, it's, my car is painted oh. in Coke Zero orange vanilla flavor. And it's, it's it, I was so mad at myself, at the situation, <laughs> that when I got home last night at like 8 o'clock from yeah. work, I just sat in my car. For, I turned it off. I sat there for a second and said, Amy, like, it's, it's, it's not pure sugar because it's zero sugar Coke, but you, you need to clean this up. But I, I didn't. I just so mad. I just left it. I took out the cans. Uh-huh. And then I got back in the car this morning, and I was like, this is going to be bad. And it was bad. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm just rocking at the back two windows rolled down, <gasps> going to work to air it out. Oh. And then it sat in the hot sun all again today. Oh, my God, Amy. I'm all dying. day today. And there's nothing I can do. What can I do? I don't have a, I don't have a carpet shampoo or a you know, leather seats magic wipe or anything. So I'm going to have to go get the car detailed on Saturday uh-huh. because it, I, it's bad. It's bad. That sickly, sweet, hot Ugh. smell at 6 o'clock when I got back in my car Ugh. tonight after it sat outside in the parking lot all day. I mean, it has to get upwards of 130 degrees inside that car. Yeah. And it's so hot here. I have black leather seats. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's so sticky and gross. <laughs> but I, I still love Coke Zero <laughs> But I'm very angry with it right now. Yeah. Okay, I'm really glad I got that off my chest. Okay, good. <laughs> what are you obsessed with? Well, one, I want to say last week we were pre-obsessed with the What Ails You podcast event at mm-hmm. House of Blues, and we went on Saturday, and it was so much fun. It was. So much beer, so many amazing local bands yes. performing. They were great, great rates. We met up with... The team over at What Ails Ya, they had some great merchandise from their perspective. Lots of really cool breweries from all over Florida. It was such a fun day. I mean, we were home by 9, and I think I looked at you at 9.30, and I was like, I gotta go to bed. Like, it was a day. It was a great day. It took us out. Um, The nachos that they were serving (laughs) were killer. Yeah. It was really... On top of the beer. Right? These guys do a lot of... Local events. I know they've done stuff at World of Beer in the past. Of course, their big event um, in downtown. We went to this past December. Um, we have such a great time whenever we go to their events. So we talked to Brian, and we're like, we've got to get on the show, and vice versa. So hopefully, fingers crossed, you'll hear a little something in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to give you guys an update on that. But today, I got a phone call at work in regards to a um, extracurricular event that I do at Disney. So I'm part of our women's inclusion network, all about like women diversity and just all of this amazing stuff in our company. And I got a call today to ask to head up this new section. So um, 
our partners over in California put together like these lean-in circles as part of women at Disney at the California team. They want to start to bring lean-in circles to Walt Disney World, and they want me to head it up, <gasps> work with our partners in California, figure out how we get this going, and like start to implement it. Oh my god! Here at Walt Disney World, and I was so touched that they thought of me and thought that was a good fit. So, as long as the powers of B bless everything. I'll add that to my plate. So I'm really excited. Congratulations. Thank you. Did my other best friend call you? No. No? Okay. Well, you'll Other best friends. Yes. Yes. So, no, it was just really great. And it's something I'm so passionate about. Just, you know, women in the workplace and getting everybody on board. No more girl boss. Just be a boss. And love the concept of Lena. in. I joke around about it all the time when I'm in conference rooms. If somebody's, like, not sitting at the table, hey, Lena, get up here. <laughs> it's not annoying at all. <laughs> I don't do it to every meeting. Okay, good. Yeah, no, but... No, it's, that's awesome. Me, congrats. Thank you. I'm really excited, so... Excellent obsession. Thanks. So, yeah, that kind of helped uh, make this work week a little more tolerable. Yeah, whatever gets you through. <laughs> it is hump day. It is. So, two, two more, more days to go. Go. All right. Okay, guys. So, as we dive into our main topic it might feel a little reminiscent of a topic a couple weeks ago, but bear with us. We're going to push through. We're going to push through. Um, Amy was listening to one of our favorite podcasts. A, a, f- a former favorite. A former favorite podcast, mm-hmm. Keep It, from the Crooked Media Network, the same guys that bring you Pod Save America, all of those fun shows. And you, Amy, were like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. you yeah. got to go listen to the show. Like You almost didn't want to tell me too much of your thoughts, but... When we listen to podcasts and the other person has such a visceral kind of response and reaction, the other one knows, oh, something's up. Mm-hmm. I got to jump on it. So you asked me to listen to the recent episode from June 19th to Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Taylor Swift. And I was like, okay, well, we just talked about Taylor Swift. Like, are we doing this again? And it was really digging into Taylor's latest video, You Need to Calm Down, and the very pro-LGBT message behind it. And their very strong thoughts. Yeah. Just mostly on who Taylor Swift is. And, you know, I came to a kind of final realization while listening to this episode of Keep It that Keep It, for me, has gone away from the podcast that I fell in love with Mm -hmm. and has become something that I find nasty and no longer fun to listen to. Uh Am I opposed to snark on my podcast? No. No. And I can listen to some weird shit on a podcast. So it's not like my sensibilities were so bothered. Um, But, you know, Keep It, for anyone that hasn't heard us discuss Keep It before, it's got three hosts. Um, Ira Madison, who is a a journalist and kind of like pop culture, I don't know, know-it-all, maybe. (laughs) Um, And he's a black gay man. Uh, Kara Brown, who has been a writer in Hollywood for uh, websites like Jezebel and the like, uh, who is a black woman. And Louis, what's his last name? Vertel. Vertel, um, who's a white gay man. And I will say, the three of them are highly intelligent people. Louis was on Jeopardy and crushing it. I have not been on Jeopardy. Neither have I. Um, And, you know, the three of them are highly knowledgeable. And the thing that I like so much about the show is that it touches on, um, in equal parts, politics, pop culture, news stories of the day. Um, They're typically, I find funny, well-informed. Their opinions, a lot of times, have informed my own. Yeah. Um, So, but I have stopped listening to the show as much, and I've been telling you. I'll go ahead and say that it's Kara specifically. I have started to find very... um, 
nasty and opinionated and she comes across so self-righteous. Yeah. Um, so this week they were just doing a hit job on Taylor yeah. Swift's new video, which, you know, Erica said, the you need to calm down video, which has like all of the celebrity um, cameos in it. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a fun, cute video. If you listen to the song on its own, which you made me do, as you do with most <laughs> Taylor Swift releases, um, it's definitely hits me as a song about like kind of going after her trolls. Like yeah. the message of the song is like, you're doing too much. You are around the clock trolling people on the internet, particularly me, Taylor Uh Swift. You need to calm down. Don't step on my gown. Yeah. Basically, I thought the message was, leave people be. This internet troll thing has got to have a curb on it. We've been talking about that here on Podcast Rewind. Yeah. um, With cancel culture and the other topics that we've brought Mm -hmm. up. And so, and she did address the gay community in the lyrics of the song. You know, shade never made anyone less gay. Yeah. Great. Then the video came out, and look, it is a gay bonanza of a it video. Is. It's super fun, too. Yeah. And like you mentioned, the video really does center around the one, excuse me, verse in regards to um, LGBT rights and equality and, you know, stop dragging her friends down. Another verse is all about, like, you're pitting me and all of my pop star counterparts together. We're all great. We're realizing that on our own. Please leave us alone. And, yeah, there's this whole strong message and at the end it ends with please go sign her petition for the equality act and according to the crew at keep it Kara, especially it was too much it was not enough it was tone deaf it wasn't okay taylor should calm down i mean she ripped everything apart at the same time while dragging a lot of other people Inadvertently. Yeah, who would who would like associate with Taylor? Like yeah. they were trying to take down Ellen and making fun of Ryan Reynolds for appearing in the video. It's like, I'm sorry, Ryan Reynolds has literally never done one thing wrong in his life. Besides that weird moment he was engaged to Alanis Morissette. Yeah, that was but, weird. You know, I'll, yeah, I'll everyone that. does stupid stuff in their twenties. It was the nineties. It was the nineties. But one of the things that struck me the most that I even told you that like while driving, I'd like take out my phone and do a voice recording, is that Kara mentioned that for white women to do anything in this world, the bar is literally on the ground. As a direct quote. A direct quote that the bar is literally on the ground. And so if Taylor raised a pinky finger, people would be impressed. And it feels like, but you just said you weren't impressed by her. Mm-hmm. But she didn't do enough. And it made you and I really start to question this ally side of the LGBTQA+. Right. And as somebody who is not part of that community myself, yeah. I've always considered myself an ally. I, um, I'm not going to sit and like list all the great things I've done for the community, yeah. but you know, we talk about about it here because of Orlando and our association to yeah. Pulse. You know, you guys know if you listen to the show how we feel. Yeah. Um, and you know, just made me really think about you know somebody like Kara who is in a minority, being mm-hmm. a black woman, talking. From this place of, because I'm in a minority, I can judge everybody who's not in one. And no matter what they do to try to um, associate, show support, it's just not right. And how could uh, anybody possibly do it right? So I don't know what she's saying. Like, don't try. Yeah. What what the hell do you want from me, Kara? Yeah. There's a lot of things that I've got to, you know, a lot of of like fires in the oven or whatever it's called. Like, I've got things to do. And it was... To the point where I felt attacked and, like, offended. And I know mm-hmm. you had mentioned, like, I would almost want to, like, keep it a note. Like, 
am I not your audience? So should I not be listening to this? Well, I told you when I came home that night, I unsubscribed from Keep It. Yeah. They haven't really given me content that I've enjoyed. You know, while I thought what Kara said was offensive, I wasn't personally offended, but I did feel like if this show is going to trash people who are like me, it's just not fun for me to listen to anymore. I'm not enjoying myself. I'm not being entertained. I'll go listen to a murder podcast. And I clicked the unsubscribe button. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, I don't think I miss it. Mm -mm. So it it just did lead you and I to talk more about like, well, as white cisgendered women. Yep. And I read a great article called um, uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie, it's a person named Jamie who writes for, uh, Jesus, now I have it behind me. But anyway, he was responding to this other article from a woman named Mia McKenzie who wrote an article in 2013 called No More Allies. Mm-hmm. Mia McKenzie wrote Black Girl Dangerous, okay. um, a book that I've never read, but yeah. I know is really highly regarded as like, you know, a black powerful um, journey experience awesome. kind of uh, inspirational Great. book. Um, but she wrote this article called no More, no More Allies where she really takes down people who call themselves allies who... She coined the phrase, or at least used it, and I'd heard it for the first time, who are identity privileged. Uh-huh. And so I realized that's me. I'm identity privileged. Yep. I don't have... I know that I'm a, a cisgender person. I know that I'm a straight person. I'm not part of LGBTQIA on and on at all, but I consider myself a friend of that community. Yeah. And I use the word ally, and in her piece, No More Allies, she really takes down people who call themselves allies but aren't activists, you know? Yeah. So she says, if you aren't participating in the marches, raising money, basically spending a good chunk of your free time uh, participating in the cause, that you have no business calling yourself an ally. And um, I disagree. I do too, I think. That's what I want to talk to you about. Yeah, because I absolutely consider myself an ally. I believe wholeheartedly that I've been an ally since I was a child and just didn't know that that's what it was called. Mm -hmm. You know, being so supportive of that community, having no judgment, standing up for people. Um, You know, I feel very strongly on if I'm ever referencing a friend of mine who happens to be gay, that that's not their identifier. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, oh, my gay friend, Matt. Well, no, that's my friend, Matt. He is in construction. He likes, you know, Taylor Swift. No, he happens to be gay. And so I've always felt like I've lived my life as that ally and to hear like I've got to be an activist feels like I don't have shit to do on the weekend I'm also mm-hmm. trying to make sure you know female rights aren't taken away and marching for women's rights and I'm into dogs I like to yeah. I like to go raise money and stuff for dogs I, you know I feel like I'm an activist for you know um female empowerment and you know blogging and trying to put out that kind of stuff I think we all have our own lanes of what activism looks like for us but can still also be a huge support of our others' causes, too. Right. So does that mean that I don't get to call myself or consider myself an ally um, if I am not participating in a very, you know, active way? Yeah. And, and look, there is a need for activism. You know, mm-hmm. these, uh, these uh, minorities and communities um, who are marginalized – um, like women, by the way, yeah. do do need activists, and and to there are times and places to go out and do more, yeah. than um, you know just give money or just you know have the right feelings. I have a friend, Julie from work, who is what I would consider to be an activist. 
you know, she um, is an activist for veganism. She's raising her son to be vegan. Still loves her husband who has steak, but <laughs> has decided her and her son won't eat meat to help cancel out her husband. So she works a lot towards bringing awareness to that. But then at the same time, she's in a lot of groups that are like Moms Against Guns or Moms Take Action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does a lot of this. stuff. She takes her son out there. She goes to women's marches. Her son is out there. So she's living an activist life and then teaching her son that this is what we do. And that's their world. And, you know, that's how they spend their weekends. You know, they do a lot of other stuff, but I really enjoy seeing everything that she does. She'll reach out and say, hey, we're doing this meeting. If you can make it great. Or, you know, she'll ask me to join. I'm like, I can't right now, but is there a place I can make a donation? Like, what can I do? I can't take in that work, but I fully support and I love everything that you're doing. So I'm an ally to her activism, maybe? Yes, but I know, but I see what activism looks like and that it, it, she's all in. Mm-hmm. And that really works for her. Sometimes it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. And does that mean that just because it doesn't, it doesn't work for me to, to go out and be the activist all the time, but like, you don't know me, you don't know my heart. And I know that in my heart, I do not tolerate bigotry or yeah. uh, racism, hatred. Um, if we're going to talk specifically about the LGBT community, I, I don't tolerate that among my friendships. I mm-hmm. wouldn't tolerate it in the workplace. I don't tolerate it on my Facebook feed mm-hmm. or anywhere on my social media that I openly and will staunchly eradicate any person from my life who is behaving that way. I don't accept it in my politics. Um, I would not accept it if I had children attending school and yeah. I felt like they weren't um, uh, supportive. Yeah. Supportive and like openly. So, um, about all communities, I, I would think very, I I wouldn't let my child go to school there. Um, I, I don't tolerate it in my religion. So I feel like I, I, I excuse myself from certain amounts of activism because I know how I live in my heart. So you mentioned earlier, um, was it identity privilege? Mm-hmm. So a lot of these people who we both have read quite a lot of articles of what it means to be an ally, how not to be an ally, what to do. Here's the to-do list of the right way to be an ally and an activist. You can't be an ally without being an activist. All of those people writing that article, do they have solid jobs? Do they have really great income? Do they have that ability? I think to myself, you know, we live in a community in Orlando where it's very hospitality driven. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people don't have a Monday to Friday nine to five. They work weekends. They're servers. They, you know, might be a single mom with three kids. Sure. They are completely an ally, but their life doesn't allow them to be an activist. We're taking that from them. Mm-hmm. And so do these people writing the article have some kind of like professional privilege that allows them and affords them the money and the time? Because when you have money and time, you can really make an impact, but you're still a good person if you don't have time and money on your side. And we shouldn't take that from anybody. Yes. I read a great article um, and the headline was uh, Ally or Accomplish, the Language of Activism. Uh-huh. And uh, the woman that wrote it is, uh, she just goes by June S. June? Oh, no, no, wait, that's June 5th. <laughs> Sorry, the font is really small. So small. The font is so small on this. No, the woman's name is Colleen Clemens. But she talks about how, and like, I'm dumb for listening <laughs> to 9 to 5, but continue. <laughs> she actually talks about how at her daughter's school they had, like, Ally Week. You know, like, Wait. they have Pride Weeks and Spirit Weeks at yeah. schools. They had an Ally Week, and, you know, she was – they were they were teaching children allyship 
which is great, but they were actually pushing kids to be uh, activists. Mm -hmm. She uses the word accomplice, and so she kind of writes this article saying, actually, those are two different things, and they're both okay, and there's a place for both. So if I can read you just a couple of the quotes from it. She says, an ally will mostly engage in activism by standing with an individual or group in a marginalized community. An accomplice will focus more on dismantling the structures that oppress the individual or group. So basically an ally is like, I stand with you. And an activist is like, let's go fuck shit up. And, you know, I I see that. And I think that I'm not always going to be in the, I got to go fuck shit up camp. But I'll always stand with you. There are times when I do go out and fuck shit up. And I have partaken. And I will. And I know that there is a need for those who will. Um... But just because I'm not fucking shit up, that doesn't mean that I'm not being a good ally, I believe. Yeah. And through our conversations in the last week about this, I had asked you, like, who's this governing body of what an ally looks like? These are really just people who have a strong opinion putting out, like, an op-ed piece at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. what an ally means to them. And so I found the the powers that be at the Human Rights Council – and so this the is the HRC is the HBIC <laughs> dot org yes. dot org. Truly, the article is titled How to Be an Ally. Oh, please tell me. Amy, please enlighten Are you me. ready to find out how to be an ally? I think I already know how, but tell me how the HRC says. <laughs> Five steps. Kay. Step one is be honest. Be honest with all of your friends, family members, who you know in the LGBTQ plus community. You don't know everything. You might mess up and that you are open to learning and that you're here for people, but the honesty is step one. Step two is send gentle signals of your support to your friends. So one could be like being okay, like saying like, hey, do you want to go see Call Me By Your Name? Is a very, you know, two gay men driven movie Mm -hmm. showing support of the arts and other things that are LGBT focused are tiny signals you can send people that are like, this is just a movie. It's not necessarily about you gay men. Like, I just want to go see a good movie. Mm-hmm. So send signals. Three, have courage to publicly support your LGBT friends. So if you want to stand up for them, you want to go to a parade, to a pride march, you want to go do a 5K run, a 4.9K run, mm-hmm. have courage to get out there. And then next, be reassuring. Be reassuring of your care and respect for everyone that you know who is LGBT. And lastly, let your support inform your decisions. So don't use the word gay when you really mean stupid. Don't tolerate it from other people. Let people know. I mean, and my big thing is anytime somebody uses the R word, I'm like, oh, absolutely not. We are not doing that in 2019. You are an activist. I am a full activist for the R word. When it comes to people inappropriately using mentally challenged words. A thousand percent. And I feel the same way about, you know, oh, that's gay. No, it's stupid. And also, is it stupid? Are you stupid? But so according to the HRC... Human Rights Council, that is how you are an ally. You do not have to give money. If you want to, have courage to publicly support and do that. Be open with people. But at the end of the day, don't let somebody behind a computer screen tell you how you feel about your friends and family and that community is wrong. Yeah. You know, I think it it is easy, too, for someone who is in the minorities Mm -hmm. when they look out and say, you're doing it wrong. You're not supporting me correctly. It's hard to argue with that. You know, sort of, if you have a close friend who, let's say, is dealing with depression. Yeah. Um, they, and if they say to you, like, 
asking me to go out all the time and badgering me to go out or what is not the way that I need to be supported. Yeah. I feel like you should listen to that person, you know, listen to the person that has the issue and let them tell you how to best support them. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard when someone who is in that community says to me that I'm doing it wrong from outside the community, but someone like Kara Brown on Keep It who doesn't know me. Yeah. Now, if I had one of my gay friends sitting with me and was like, Amy, you're being actually offensive right now. I would shave then, up. Then I would most, that's, that is the feedback that I would love yeah. to have because I do want to live right. Mm-hmm. But for Kara Brown to be spouting off at the mic over at Crooked Media yeah. and just saying horrible things that are really, should not be tolerated, like white women have the bar on the floor, it's so low. First of all, I mean... I don't even want to get into the race of it all and reverse racism, but that is a cruel and untrue thing to say. Yeah, and it must be a great privilege to be Kara Brown, who has a podcast on a very popular network. Mm -hmm. They're making a a lot of money off that podcast. Very public name, the blue check mark next to her Instagram and Twitter account. She lives at a privilege level that she very much fails to remember, and that's why I mentioned earlier, like, do not tell the housekeeper working down the street at a hotel who's working 12-hour shifts, raising a family, trying to go to school, that who's open and an ally, that they're not good enough. You right. don't know everybody. And I love what you said. Like, when it comes to the support, telling people, like, I'm an ally. I support you. But for me, my level of support can only get to here. This is what it looks like from me, if that's okay with you. And, like, or asking somebody, like, how do you like to support people? Maybe an introvert can't go to a parade. Mm-hmm. So now we're mad at introverts all the time? Excellent point. Um, you know, I when I did the Women's March the first year, they did a virtual march yeah. for people who did have to work that day. Yes. You can't just take a, day, a Saturday off sometimes. No. For people who are disabled and couldn't get down to Lake Eola and make that march. You know, for somebody that for whatever reason, maybe they need to take care of their families, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I love that we're doing more of these kind of virtual Same. support um, areas and uh, because you should not be punished or told that you're you're not good enough yeah. if you're not going out and physically doing. Well, it's great that people do and that, you know, that needs to continue. I don't know, this finger pointing yeah. of you're not good enough, so you don't even deserve the Are title. Are really of saying ally. you're not good enough in 2019? Right? You know, one of the things that we talked about, and this is not to make the show Taylor heavy, but this poor kid, child, woman, whatever you want to call her, She's put out a, a video. She lives in the center of the ether of the pop culture world. If she shot in Times Square, they would talk about it on Fox News. Nothing she does isn't in our fabric that we have to talk about. And one of the really popular drag queens, Lady Bunny, who has a documentary on HBO Wig, all about like wig stock in New York and, you know, huge into the community, was like, listen, I don't like Taylor Swift. She put out a great Instagram was like, I don't like Taylor Swift, but don't come for this girl who donated over $100,000 to LGBTQ causes. How much did you donate people in the community who's screaming and crying? Mm -hmm. She got senators and politicians to sign the Equality Act. What did you do? Nothing? Great. And like goes down and is just like, you can't finger point, you know? We want to say that we're all of these great people, but... Oh, God, what's that stupid thing? When you point one finger, you point four back at yourself. Four four pointing back at you. It's just, at the end of the day, can't we be like, wow, good for Taylor. She really did something. You don't have to like her music and just to drag it all down. And now to then, that video caused you and I to wonder and think and have to ask ourselves, are we we good allies? Yeah. 
are we not good enough Yeah, based on the things that Kara Brown has to say and the, some of the things that I found on the internet about what it is to be a good ally? I'm only listening to Human Rights Council from now on telling me how to do things. They, they if they tell me I'm stepping charge. out of line, I'll fall back in. Now, I do also think that there, there are issues with false allyship. Yes. I really do think that. I think that some people talk a good game online, mm-hmm. but behind closed doors like, don't have that love in their heart. Yeah. They are not supportive. And, uh, you know, I think we have a problem with politicians who are disingenuous about it. Mm-hmm. I think we have a bigger problem with politicians who openly state that they're anti-gay policy and anti-abortion because you're not one if you're not the other. Uh, Let's be serious. Accurate. Um, so then we have like the corporate sponsorship of it all. Yep. And you know, it's June, so it's pride month. Mm -hmm. And just like in October when every company puts out a pink something and calls it breast cancer awareness and you pay an extra two bucks for it, um, because it's all going to the Susan G. Komen for breast cancer research, all good stuff by the way. But, you know, we know over the past few years, we've all gotten a little bit more weary about, well, how much mm-hmm. of it's this? It's my biggest Yeah, thing. like this water bottle that I would have bought when it was blue, I'm paying two extra dollars to buy it pink. Are you sending that full $2 to uh-huh. Susan G. Komen? Or are you, you know, what what's really happening here? Yeah, you got to be careful when it's like a portion of proceeds will go to exactly. or... All proceeds will go to. So more and more every June, we're starting to see the corporate sponsorship of Pride Mm -hmm. Month. Oh, all over Instagram, everyone's logos turn into rainbow logos. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe we'll do it. Um, But all of a sudden, you start to see what companies are, you know, putting out a lot of great messages, hashtag Pride. And listen, I love on Instagram when you do hashtag Pride, hashtag Pride Month. It changes the colors of the fonts. It's so cute and pretty. Love it all. So... But, you know, it's like the corporate of it all, do they really mean it? And yeah. So I found an article on Forbes.com that talked about, you know, people in the LGBT plus community, um, if there's a product with that Pride logo on it in the month of June, um, they state themselves in a survey that they're about 66% more likely to buy from that company and have an affinity for that company yeah. that they see slapping a rainbow on yeah. the products, you know, that it makes them feel good. That feels warm and fuzzy, mm-hmm. and, and I'm glad. And, you know, frankly, I do the same. You know, this it's time of year. It's that consumer responsibility that we want to know. Yeah, like when I'm, if I'm at the mall and I'm walking by and someone's got that rainbow Orlando United flag, I feel just a warm fuzzy for that yeah. brand mm-hmm. because I support that too, and I really love that they're showing their allyship by being unafraid to, uh, you know, have the courage to say out loud, especially as we do see more and more hatred popping up kind of in response to this progressiveness, that it's great that they know, like here in Florida, a redneck from Apopka who is going to walk through and like, they may not come in and buy your product because you put that rainbow in your window. And so I just love so much when they do that anyway. But... Big corporations, right? And listen, we work for one of the biggest. We do. And you have to be careful. So this Forbes article from two days ago is titled, Don't Let That Rainbow Logo Fool You. These nine corporations donated millions to anti-gay politicians. Okay, Amy. So they ask you to tell me the nine companies I will no longer be supporting. Or hopefully I never did. So you did. Ah, shit. (laughs) I... But now we're going to learn. I've participated with all of these companies. And do we – are they deserving of a boycott? I don't know. And also, 
I've, I've learned this over time too. When you point out a corporation's donations to a politician who you don't agree with, uh-huh. you should be careful to go back and see what they donated to politicians that you do agree with. That's a good point. Because a lot of times big corporations do donate pretty 50 50. Yeah. Because they are just trying to get everyone to buy their shit. Yeah. Right. So maybe this Forbes article is a little slanted. Um, because they call these nine corporations out for exactly what they've donated to politicians who have openly stated anti-gay policies, mm-hmm. but they didn't tell me what they donated to, you know, progressive politicians. Sure. But I'm going to go ahead and call it out anyway. So number one, AT&T. Right, I'm a Verizon girl. Well, Verizon's on the list. Just you wait. Um, AT&T, while, you know, like they show a picture of their, you know, their rainbow flag yeah. on you know, their Twitter handle. But meanwhile, they donated $2.8 million to 193 politicians with anti-gay openly stated policies. Number two at UPS, $2.4 million to 159 anti-gay politicians. Three, Comcast, $2.1 million to 154 anti-gay politicians. Four, Home Depot, point. $8 million to 111 politicians. Uh, five, General Electric. Um, 1.4 to 97 gay, anti-gay politicians. Six, FedEx. So, like, UPS was number two. FedEx is number six. Look, who's going to ship shit? Who's going to ship my <laughs> shit, right? FedEx donated 1.3 to 75 anti-gay politicians. Um, number seven is UBS. What's UBS? God, I don't know. Anyway, fuck them then. Number eight, Verizon, who I do my phone business with. Same. Um, And this is between 2017 and 2018, by the way. So not total over time, just in those two years. Yeah. Um, But Verizon donated $1 million to 74 individual anti-gay politicians. And then number nine, Pfizer, a medical company. You got to have meds, right? Yeah. Donated um, 960,000 to 52 anti-gay politicians. Uh, And all nine of these companies have participated in Pride Month in in those two years at the same time. Um, There's a couple of quotes here, like somebody went to FedEx and was like, account for this. And their statement is, um, FedEx has a long history of participating in the political process, and we support candidates on both sides of the aisle. Yep. FedEx is as diverse as the world we serve. We strive to hold an inclusive workplace in which all team members feel safe and respected. Ugh, I throw them a little cred for acknowledging their workforce. Yeah, they have a great PR team there. Yeah, so, you know, like, look, there are two sides to every issue. Yeah. But... I think that we all, if we're putting our money where our mouth is when it comes to our allyship and you just kind of have to watch that. Yeah. You know, whether or not you boycott anyone that's, any corporation that's ever given money to mm-hmm. an anti-gay politician when that's not your status, I think the best you can do is just be aware. I agree. I think just consumer. having that consumer responsibility, you know, um, understanding what ally is, being open about your stance. I think that, you know, going back to all of this, just have courage. Have courage to not use FedEx if that really does bother you and enjoy yeah. your slow U.S. mail. Yeah. The USPS needs our money, you know, exactly. uh, all of that stuff. I think that, you know, let your support inform your decisions. I think that the HRC was right. I think that that's the only way that you can really truly be an ally. And if you feel it in your heart, who is anybody to tell you otherwise? Right. I agree. Yeah. So, guys, on that mo- on that note, happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month here at Podcast Rewind. We love, we support, and we cheers you. Um, And look, fuck it, we're allies. Yeah. 
All right. Do you want to talk some other podcasts? Do you want to pop up some shit you listen to? I want to pop up some podcasts, but I want to go second. Well, then I suppose I go first. Yes, thanks. I appreciate your support. I have a new series. Oh, no. What you got? Um, so did you know that, like, June is the – it marks 25 years since the infamous O.J. Bronco Yay. slow police chase, that, which, you know, was the day after the deaths of Nicole Brown mm-hmm. and Ron Goldman. Yep. Um OJ, no one's ever been acquitted for those crimes, right? But we all fucking know OJ did it. Yeah. So it's 25 years later. I saw, you know, a bunch of headlines a couple weeks ago and stuff. Like, 25 years ago today, you were all glued to your TV screens watching that white Bronco go down the Yeah, the middle school in the cafeteria. Yeah, well, I remember it. I remember it clearly. Um, so there's a new podcast. Three episodes are out. It's from Wondery Media mm. in combination with Glass cool. Media. And it's called Confronting OJ. Yes. If I know anything about Wondery, there will probably be six or seven parts of this podcast. Yes. So then I would go too long. I would say that I'm about halfway through it then, having listened to the first three episodes that Mm -hmm. are available. Um, The sister of Ron Goldman, who you'll probably remember from the court case being on TV often, Kim Goldman. Mm -hmm. I think it's Kim Goldman Sachs now, actually. I don't, is that not her last name? No, Goldman Sachs is like a different thing, right? No, it's Kim Goldman something else. (laughs) (laughs) For douches work at New York City Investment Companies. (laughs) Sorry. Bros, excuse me. I'll use the proper term. It sounded right. Anyway, Kim Sachs does sound good. Kim Goldman is um, the one who's going to be confronting OJ, or at least so they tease Uh on this podcast. So she actually is teamed up with Nancy Glass, who is really kind of the host of the podcast. But most of the narration is done by Kim, and the story is really driven by Kim. And I think Nancy is the one, because Kim is not a you know journalist or podcaster, mm-hmm. story maker per se, that Nancy is there to kind of shape everything. So um, in the first episode calling, um, called The Life and Death of Ron Goldman, like Kim talks about her brother. And yeah. they were best friends. And she's got her brother's best friends, um, like two guys from high school, on and they just kind of talk about how Ron grew up and how lovable he was, yeah. how close he was with his sister, and they talk about his relationship with Nicole, which we all remember mm-hmm. as a like you know they were probably sleeping together, but the family insists that they were actually just friendly. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember this, I had forgotten this detail. The night that Nicole and Ron were murdered, they weren't hanging out at her house together. She had gone out to dinner with her parents and her children at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and Ron was their server. And Nicole and Ron did know each other, and they later did find Nicole's phone number in his Rolodex. So mm-hmm. they had a relationship. But her mother, Nicole's mother, left her sunglasses on the table in the restaurant. And when they got home, they realized it. They called the restaurant, and Ron found them and was like, oh, I'll drop a by after my shift tonight. And he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh. That's really how that went down. They weren't, like, having sex when OJ <gasps> busted in and killed them. That's insane. Yes. God. So, um, you know, basically Kim is kind of going back because it's the 25th year anniversary, because there is so much unresolved pain still for both her and her father, who is still alive. Yeah. She's just kind of digging it all back up and trying to answer some questions, even if she can't get OJ convicted, mm-hmm. just to answer some questions from the people that were involved. So, so far in the first three episodes, I've heard her interview Marsha Cross. Love her. Kato Kalen. 
outnumber him. Yes. Another woman um, that we never did hear from during the trial, but she testified in the grand jury, um, Jill Shively, who claims to have seen OJ driving the Bronco crazy down the street just like minutes before Ron and Nicole died. Uh But that was never brought in court because she lost her job for having been part of that grand jury because so much of L.A. were big O.J. supporters. Yeah. Like, do you remember during the Bronco chase, people mm-hmm. were up on bridges like, go, O.J., go. Yeah. You know, we love you, Juice, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, her job, and she didn't say what it was, had actually fired her when she was just getting all this media attention because reporters yeah. were calling her mm-hmm. job and stuff. Of course. So she got fired, was desperate for money, and before the trial started, hard copy offered her $5,000 to talk and she did so Marsha Cross threw her out as a witness on trial yeah and this woman Jill now talks to Kim 25 years later and is sobbing and saying I feel like I'm partially responsible for you never having your brother's murderer behind bars for it and I've lived with this and the PTSD I have the um selling my story to hard copy is the worst decision the biggest mistake I've ever met in my life made excuse me in my life um, I mean, like, it's emotional and yeah. like reliving it too. And I, you know, we were kids then. Yes. Um, but of course I remember it because it captivated everybody. I also remember thinking as a child, like, oh, man did it. Yeah. Like, he yeah, absolutely his ex, did it. Why? I mean, I did put him on, watch him put on that glove though and go, I mean, Johnny Cochran's got a point. If the glove don't fit, you must have quit. Right? No. Oh. But I was a kid and I didn't know about leather, like, you know, blood shrinking, leather yeah. shrinking. Anyway. Um, if you want to also relive the OJ trial and also hear about it from, you don't hear enough about Ron Goldman. Yeah. Really. You hear about Nicole and the Kardashians of it all. Um, but go take a listen to Wondery and Glass Media's Confronting OJ. I'm really liking it. That's awesome. What do you got? Well, I mean, no question for you. Mm -hmm. How you sleeping these days? Depends on how much of the wine I've had before bed. <laughs> I sleep with a free conscience, you know. It's not like fretful sleep. Okay, good. But if you do ever find yourself with a bout of insomnia, uh-huh. might I suggest, dearest Scooter, sleep with me. Ooh, I know. This? this is a twice weekly podcast that started back in October of 2013. Okay. So, um, long, long running. Guy Drew Ackerman puts out two stories a week. There's about. 1.3 million downloads a month of this podcast. Oh, shit. So it's, um, the show Sleep With Me is hosted by Dearest Scooter, who's performed by this guy, Drew Ackerman, and his voice sounds a little bit like Mike Birbiglia, the comedian. Mm-hmm. He tells ingeniously boring stories. Oh! Like, <laughs> and basically tells you boring enough stories to help you fall asleep. Like not counting sheep, then not counting sheep. So, um, according to the American Academy of Sleep, the ideal bedtime story does not build upon itself, but has a lot of parallel stories that just don't seem to connect at the end. So your so, brain just turns it off, right? <laughs> so Drew uses like the bottom of his vocal range, keeps like a gravelly sound, slows his upstate New York accent, and almost slows it down to the point where it feels kind of southern, but it really isn't. And his stories that he tells every week, it's a new boring story, are on the verge of funny and interesting, but, like, never go all of the way there. Okay. Like, they're moderately interesting. And so, according to him, the first 18 minutes are just info about the show, and most of his listeners will fall asleep within 24 minutes. Maybe I should listen to that then. Right? His 
introduction is where, as he says, creates a safe place where you can set aside whatever has been running through your brain. Okay. So I listened today to episode... During the day? While I was driving. (laughs) Oh, great. That's a good time to put yourself to sleep. I had a coffee. Oh, great. Episode 783. Oh, good for him. Called Pool Hopping with Ray. So Ray, his neighbor, is like another one of the voices that he does. And Ray comes on and details their vacation to Orlando and how they strolled through all of the hotels and pools at Universal Studios. And it is honestly like listening to your uncle's friend be like, yeah, your uncle and I went to Universal. Have you been to Universal? It opens at like 9, but if you really want to get there and like make sure you ride the rides, I'd start like – I'd get in line at 8.30. Like the parking – if you stay in a hotel, like you don't have to worry about parking. You get right? – I'm bored. I'm so bored. <laughs> and you fall asleep. <laughs> I mean, so like, honestly, I'm listening to this guy talk about pool hopping and it's just those stories that kind of build and build and build. And then you're like, where are we going? And then he's like, so then we went to this other pool and you're just like, it's really funny. And it's, if you're the kind of person that maybe just needs noise in the background while mm-hmm. you're doing things, you don't want to turn on the TV or something. This is the best podcast. Okay. And you know, I found articles all about it. I mean, people are – honestly, I heard about this podcast from the Be There in Five podcast when I was listening to it this week. And she referenced, oh, there's this podcast out there where this guy talks to you and you fall asleep. And I was like, yeah, no, I need to know that podcast. <laughs> and, like, it's like, you know, I'll listen to TV when I fall asleep. Yeah. And I guess this could be the same kind of thing and learn sure. about Ray and all the pool hopping that he did. But it was so funny. All I right. I highly recommend Sleep – Issues, insomniac, just trying to find something to listen to while you go to bed. Sleep with me. Look, a podcast that can help you. Right? Sleep. Excellent. I think that just about wraps us up for this week. I think so. I think we learned that we're allies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we learned. I'm confident. I'm going <laughs> to call myself confident. an ally and screw you, Kara Brown. Right? So, as Amy mentioned... She can keep it. She can super keep it. Well, she's off the show now. Bye. Bye. Um, (laughs) But like Amy mentioned, it is Pride Month. We hope you guys end your Pride Month on a great note. But most importantly, and along with this episode, it's so apropos to remind you all to be kind and rewind. Bye, y'all. Bye.